Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Amen. How's it going, you guys? What's happening? Yeah. Listen, uh, I think I know most of you guys, but let me introduce myself. My name is Patrick. I'm going to be hanging out with you guys up here tonight and uh, talking about a couple of promises. Here's something I like to do when I introduce myself to people. Uh, I am Patrick. Uh, I work at a, a, a great place called Christ and Youth. I get to work for a program called Superstart. A lot of you guys know about Superstart. But the other way I like to introduce myself to people is I get the honor of being a D group leader for the seventh grade boys group here. So that's something that I absolutely think is fantastic. So I'm excited to share a little bit with you guys tonight. Now, something I want you guys to know about me is that I absolutely love drive-ins. Anybody here love to go to the drive-in, see a drive-in movie? Yes. I love drive-ins. And here's the reason I love drive-ins. Yes, I think it's awesome that you get to sit outside and watch a movie under the stars. That's great. And I think it's pretty cool that you get to actually sit in your car. But the main reason I love drive-ins, hey, you guys, hey, guys, check it out. This is the main reason why I love drive-ins. And it's because you get to see two movies for the price of one, right? Isn't that amazing? You pay one price, you get to come and you get to watch two movies, And if you know anything about me, you know I love movies. So the reason I love drive-ins is because I get two movies for the price of one. That's why I love drive-ins. So I thought tonight while I was talking, I would kind of make make the time that we have here together kind of like a drive-in. I'm going to tell two stories. So you guys get two stories for the price of one. All right? And the two, huh? No, absolutely. It's a, you're paying a, it's a wonderful price that you get to pay to come here and sit and to worship and be with God, right? It's a wonderful thing, right? It is free, but for the purpose of this, you get to get two stories, just like you're at the drive-in, all right? So here they are. The two stories will both have something to do with this idea of making a promise. The first story is a story about me and a promise I made. The second story is a story about God and a promise that he made to David. But I'm going to start with a story about a promise I made. You see, you guys, when I was in ninth grade, I had the biggest crush on a girl named Sarah. Absolutely. That's right. Her name was Sarah, and she sat right in the seat right in front of me. See, I, I'm Patrick Snow, and her last name was Mandez, and there was no other letters between us. Thank you, Jesus, right? And so she sat right in front of me. And I got to know Sarah really well. You guys got to understand, Sarah had, Sarah had like long brown hair and she had these big brown eyes and she had this laugh that was just amazing. And so Sarah and I, because she was in front of me, we would sit and we would talk and we would get to know each other. And through that process, I just began to have the biggest crush on Sarah. And then one day, we had a ninth grade dance that was coming up. And I was like, this is it. Okay, I got to ask, I got to ask Sarah. I have a big crush on Sarah. I have to ask Sarah to the dance. So I worked up my nerve. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You kind of have to get yourself worked up. I walked up to her. 
I looked at her and I was like, Sarah, when you go to the bathroom, that's what it felt like. My mouth couldn't work. It was all dry. And I was like, would you please go to the dance with me? And to my surprise, Sarah said, yes. How about that? Right? Yeah. So, so, Sarah and I went to the dance. We hit it off at the dance. Everything went really well. We started talking more and more. And before long, Sarah became my girlfriend. It was awesome. It was amazing. And, and my crush for her never went away. We continued to have that crush. So, one, the one day came, I was so excited that Sarah was my girlfriend, that I made a promise to her. And so this is the promise I want you guys to hear. Only I didn't just tell her the promise. I wrote the promise in a poem. I'm going to share the poem with you. I'm going to share the poem with you. But I want you to understand. I was just in ninth grade. I didn't know how to write a poem. As a matter of fact, the only poems that I had ever known by that point started with roses are red, violets are blue. So here we go. The promise I made to Sarah was this. I said to her, and I wrote it down on a little card, gave her a little flower. I couldn't afford a rose. It was a flower. And I said, Sarah, roses are red, violets are blue. I promise to only have eyes for you. Come on. Come on. Ninth grade. That's a pretty good poem. So, so that was... That was my promise to Sarah, that I would only have eyes for her. Okay, here. We're going to take a pause from this story. And I'm coming back to it, but I'm going to jump over here to this story about a promise that God made to David. Now, we've been talking about David all semester long, right? Talking about how David was a man after God's own heart, and David was doing amazing things in God's kingdom. And in this particular story, it's actually found in in 2 Samuel chapter 7, David has actually made a promise to God. You see, David has decided he's going to build a house for God. See, what the deal is, is at that time, the Lord's temple was made out of a tent. And the reason for that was because, if you remember, before they were a kingdom of people that had a king like David, they were a people that wandered in the desert and they still needed a temple for God, a place for God to be as he went with them. And so they built the temple out of a tent. And it was still in a tent to this day where David was. And David was looking around his palace and he was like, you know what, this is crazy. I have a house. I have this amazing palace for me. And I look over and I look at God and he's just in a tent. I'm gonna build a house for God. And so David says to the prophet Nathan, he's like, hey, Nathan, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna gonna build a temple to God. And Nathan looks at him and goes, sounds like a great idea that you totally should do it. And then they went to bed. And that night, while Nathan was asleep, God came and he spoke to him and told him to tell, go back to David and tell David a few things. And so Nathan went to David and he said, hey, listen, uh, last night God told me a few things that he wanted you to know. He said, number one, he doesn't want you to build him a house. Like he doesn't want you to do that. And then he also wanted me to tell you a promise that he was making to you. And this is the promise that God made to David. Listen up. God said to David, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. 
He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul when I removed him before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So here's Nathan, and he comes back. He comes back to David, and he says, God, doesn't, God said he doesn't want you to build the house for him. As a matter of fact, he's promising that your son is actually going to be the one that builds the house. And even more than that, an even bigger promise, David, is he's promising that your throne, somebody from your line, will sit as king over God's people from now until all eternity. Somebody from your family, one of your sons, your grandsons, they will continue to live out. And this was the promise that God made to David. And I want you to understand this was a huge promise because during that time, usually when a king died, their son took over, but not in, hadn't happened in this situation because the king before David was King Saul. And King Saul's son didn't take over the throne. God removed King Saul and he put David there. And so at some point, David was probably like, I wonder what's going to happen next. And so God's saying, here's what's going to happen next. From now until all eternity, the ruler of my people will come from your line. And that's the promise that God made to David. Let me jump back over to promise I made to Sarah. Yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue. I promise to only have eyes for you is what I told Sarah, right? And I did pretty good, you guys, with that promise for three weeks. Three weeks. And then three weeks later, I went to church camp. I went at a whole week of camp, went to the summer, away from Sarah. And when I got to church camp, and the very first day, I met Willa. Willa, yeah, yeah. Now, let me tell you about Willa. Willa was so different than Sarah. Willa had like long blonde hair and beautiful blue eyes. And it wasn't exactly like Willa was like really funny or anything, but she was just really mysterious, you know. And I was like, man, Willa's pretty awesome. And then I found out that Willa thought I was awesome. And then we started talking and I started thinking, you know what? The truth, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm at camp. Sarah is back home, right? So I can have a camp girlfriend, and I, and I also can have a home girlfriend, right? This is what I'm thinking. Listen, I'm in ninth grade. Cut me some slack. So sure enough, sure enough, at camp, I break my promise to Sarah, and I start having a girlfriend relationship with Willa at camp. And then, listen, listen, then at the end of the week, at the end of the week, uh, you know, Will and I didn't live anywhere near each other, and so we talked about it, and we were like, okay, this was fun this week, no more. We both went home, I went back to Sarah, I thought everything was going to be great, except two weeks later, I get a phone call from Sarah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was bad. Here's what I found out in that phone call from Sarah. And apparently, Sarah had a best friend that she did everything with. And then that best friend moved about an hour and a half away. 
and so they don't ever get to see each other. And I also found out that a couple times during the summer, Sarah goes and stays with that best friend so they can see each other. And then I found out that that best friend has a next-door neighbor that hangs out with her a lot named Willa. What are the chances? So, one unfortunate afternoon, Sarah and her best friend and Willa were just hanging out with each other, just talking about their boyfriends. And as they kept talking, they realized they were talking about the same person. Cut to, I get a phone call from Sarah, who explains this whole situation to me and says, we're done. Click. That was it. Which I will admit I totally deserved. Right? I totally deserved. Now, that's obviously how my promise worked out, right? Broken promise. Let me move back over to God's promise to David. So God promised David that forever, from the time that he made this promise on that there would be someone from his family, from his line, that would sit on the throne and be king over all of God's people. And sure enough, when David died, his son Solomon took the throne. And sure enough, like God promised, Solomon was the one that built the temple. And then Solomon died and another one of David's, his grandson, took the throne. And then when he died, his son took the throne. And when that king died, his son took the throne. And you just... Keep going, just like God promised, all of these sons continued to be king over God's people until one day it seemed like the promise got broken because another kingdom came and they overtook God's people and then there were no more kings over the people of Israel that came from the line of David. However, That didn't mean, just because there were no more kings, that didn't mean that they didn't continue to have grandson after grandson after grandson. And you continue and you continue until this one man who came from the line of David, whose name was Joseph, had a wife named Mary, who God came to them and said, I'm going to give you a child. And that child's name is going to be Jesus And you're going to raise Jesus, but he is going to become king over all people. And you guys know the story of this, right? Jesus raises, we know that Jesus becomes God's son. Jesus sacrifices himself on the cross. He dies, he's resurrected. And now, for all eternity, Jesus has become the king over all of our hearts. And here's what's interesting. Jesus also fulfilled the promise of building a house for God. Because the Bible tells us that each one of us is a house for God. Like God, Jesus, in his spirit, literally comes and it lives inside of us. And so he's built a new house in every single one of us for God to live in. So through Jesus, God completed his promise to David. Now let's look at both of these stories. When you look at my story, what you see is a broken promise. When you look at my story, you go, yep, I knew it. I knew it. Patrick broke his promise. And you know why we do that? 
It's because we all realize that promises are really difficult things for us to keep. We make promises a lot, and for all of us, we break promises a lot. How many people in here don't say anything? I just want you to raise your hand. Have you ever had somebody break a promise to you? You don't have to say anything. How many people, keep your hand up, if you've broken a promise that you've made to somebody else? Absolutely. Absolutely. You see, you guys, shh, shh, listen. The truth is, promises are difficult things to keep for us. And I think because of that, it makes it hard to trust anybody that ever says to us, I promise. Because we know how easily they can be broken. That's what I learn from my story. But here's what I learn from David and God's story. I learn that God keeps his promises. That every promise that God makes, God keeps them. And when it seems like a promise is, a, is an easy thing to break, and when I look at that, I could know that the things that he tells me, he will fulfill. He will make complete. As a matter of fact, there's a verse in the Bible. Listen to what this says. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, and it says this. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. You guys, we have a faithful God. And in this amazing book, there are hundreds of promises that he makes to every single one of us. And in every single one of these promises, he says yes. He fulfills. He completes them. And not only does he complete them, but there's a very specific place that every promise that God makes, they are completed in. Because if you look at David, you see that God completed David's promise through his son Jesus. And it's the same way with all of the other promises. So what I want you to hear tonight, what, what I want you to walk away with is the fact that, number one, our God is faithful. And when he makes a promise, he fulfills that promise. He's not like us. He doesn't make promises and break promises. God keeps the promises that he makes. And let me help you understand why that's important. You see, it's important that you remember that God keeps his promises because for some of you guys, in your life, difficult things are gonna happen. Like for some of you guys, you're gonna have friends that you thought were friends at one point and all of a sudden they flip on you and they're no longer your friend. And in that moment, you're gonna feel alone. You're gonna feel like nobody's with you. For some of you guys, you're gonna have families that turn and change on a dime. Some of you are going to have parents that split from each other or a parent that disappears. And in that time, you're going to feel alone. And when you do, you need to trust in the promise that God makes in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, when he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You guys, listen. Listen. 
In those times when you feel alone and afraid, God promises us that he will be with us and he will fulfill that promise. For some of you guys, you're gonna face situations that are, that are painful and sad. You're, at some point in all of our lives, we're gonna lose loved ones, people that we feel very close to, and that's gonna bring sadness and pain. For some of you, you might already do this. You're gonna look around your world and see that there's just tragic stuff happening and people are hurting other people and, and you're gonna stop and think, this is, I, this is terrifying, this is scary. And when you're there, you need to hear the promise that God makes in Revelation 21, verse four, when he says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And that's the promise that God makes to us that when our time is done here, there'll be no more of that, of wars and pain and crying and sadness. And he's fulfilled that promise through his son, Jesus, on the cross. It's completed through Jesus. Some of you guys are, are going to make some big mistakes. You're going to disobey in a way that is going to make you feel like you could never come back from that mistake. You're going to feel like you have this sin in your life that is so huge Something that you're like, I've done something so wrong. I don't, I don't, I can't forgive myself. And I don't know if anybody will ever forgive me. And when you're in that moment, you need to trust in the promise that God makes in 1 John chapter 1, 9, when he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all righteousness. You see, when we feel the sin is so heavy, and the things that we've done are so bad, we can look at the promise that God says, I, I remove those sins when you trust in me. And we can trust that that has happened and he's done that through Jesus. And finally, I don't know about you guys, but there are times for me at night that I, I stay awake because I worry about dying and I worry about what's gonna happen to me after I die and where what, what's going on, what happens after death, what I worry about those kinds of things. And in those moments, there's a promise from 1 John that God gives me that I trust and I put my hope in. It's chapter 2, verse 25. And this is what it says. It says, and this is what he promised us, eternal life. You see, God promises us, if we love him, we trust him, we believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for us, that we will be with him for all eternity, that this life is not all there is, that after this life, we get to go and we get to be with God for all eternity. And that's a promise that he will keep and that he has completed through Jesus. God, it's so important that we know that God keeps his promises so that we can continue to look to him as our savior, so that we can continue to walk with him. And during these times in our life when things are difficult and rough and we're questioning things, we can open up his word and we can read his promises and we can know that he will fulfill those promises 
And through that, he will strengthen our faith until one day we'll get to be with our king who continues to sit on that throne, King Jesus, and we'll sit at his throne, sit at his feet, and we'll worship him because God promised that we would. Let me pray. Father God, we love you so very much, and I just, I thank you, Jesus, that you you keep your promises. God, I'm glad that you're, that you're not like I am. Father, it is hard for me to keep promises. It's far, hard for me to say that I'll do this and stick with it sometimes, but you don't do that. God, every time you promise something and you promise great things, you fulfill them. You're so faithful, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for encouragement that you give us through those promises. And I pray that you help us to listen to those promises. I pray you help us to understand those promises, God. And Jesus, through your life, death, resurrection, help us to trust in your promises. They're all complete through you, Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.